Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Professional organizer Elise Hay joins me for today's conversation all about involving kids in the organizing process. While there may be some benefit to organizing without your children, the negative of tackling this task solo is that your child misses out on a growth experience. There is a feeling of reward associated with accomplishment, and it's my belief that our children should partake in some of that with us. Handling the decluttering for them isn't necessarily doing them a favor, and on the flip side, it may actually do a disservice to you both. By involving your children in the organizing process, you're enabling them to become more mindful of the items that they own. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Elise, but before we get there, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can continue to help this podcast succeed and grow. I also wanted to thank you again for the continued support with my new book, Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity. If you haven't picked up a copy yet, head over to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold, and let me know what you think. Again, I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Elise, so without further ado, here it is. Elise, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. And I first just wanted to say congratulations on your new book. I'm excited to read it when it comes out. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I'm really excited too. That was kind of out of nowhere. So it was an exciting thing to have happen. So I appreciate you saying that. But yes, I'm excited to talk about you today. And we're going to talk about kids and how we can get them involved in the organizing process. Because I know that there is the whole decluttering process, but there's also staying organized on top of that. So I can't wait to pick your brain. But can you introduce yourself for listeners that might not know who you are first? I am Elise Hay. I am a professional organizer and founder of Organized Sanctuaries. I am super passionate about creating simplified spaces, easily adaptable, sustainable lifestyle swaps, and really small habit shifts that just can make a really big impact on how we live our lives. I'm also a mom of two girls. They're four and eight. So I'm living the mom life right along with all my clients and all of your listeners and really try to offer a realistic approach to simplified living and organization. I'm based in Seattle, Washington, but I work with clients all over the country through my virtual accountability and coaching program. I think that it's really important to remind ourselves that we should be surrounded by the things that keep us calm and happy and loved without the distraction of the unneeded clutter. So I'm here to share my ideas about how families can get and stay organized without the distraction of the clutter, without getting overwhelmed, and most importantly, doing it with their family. I think that there are a lot of ways that kids can get involved in the organizing process, and I'm here to share all those tips. Great. And then when did you start pursuing this type of lifestyle? When would you say you became a minimalist, if you even consider yourself a minimalist? I do consider myself a minimalist. I do feel that I have been living a minimalist lifestyle long before I became a professional organizer. And that did lead me, that lifestyle did lead me to do what I do professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I am able to offer a perspective of minimalism, of decluttering, of simplified, sustainable lifestyle choices 
in a very unbiased kind of third party way. So when I work with clients, I'm able to give them this completely outside perspective of how they can make some really small shifts in the way that they live in their life um, to become much more simplified. So Yes, I think that's to answer your question. I do think that that is a lifestyle choice that I made a long time ago. Um, but it definitely comes with small incremental builds of habits. And that's exactly why I do what I do, because I love living that way personally. But I also love encouraging others to make really small but adaptable changes in their lives. So with a lot of the people that you work with, they're probably coming to you from various types of of lifestyles. And so I'm assuming that some are more organized than others. So I guess a lot of times people are, they want to pass organization and living more of a simple lifestyle down to their kids. But if they are already disorganized themselves, I think that can be a fear. How do I pass positive traits down to my kid and allow my kid to be organized? So do you think it's, this is probably a silly question, but do you think a disorganized parent can raise an organized child? I think that is such Good question. I think that it's a fabulous way to start our conversation um, because I, I do believe that every person can become organized, um, but that process is going to look different for every person. It's because everyone's coming from a different perspective. You might have different goals and what you're looking for in terms of how organized you want to be, what level of minimalism you're willing or able to take on. Um, and everyone comes from different backgrounds and childhood experiences, right? Like the way that we parent and the way that we run and kind of structure our home generally mimics what we were brought on as a child. And some of those childhood experiences really impact how we have a level of organization and minimalism in our home um, from one level of an extreme to the other. And I think that it is really important for everyone as a parent or even not parents, not all my, most of my clients are parents, not all of them are, but especially when we think about directly to your question, right? How are we going to enable our children to live an organized life so that when they are adults and they're having families of their own, it's not a, a, a struggle for them. So we're setting them up for success, just like we're setting them up for success with other habits, right? Like we're guiding them on healthy eating habits. We're guiding them on so many other choices in their lives. And that might not be easy for us because our habits aren't there yet. So I encourage anyone um, who is ready to start thinking about living a more organized lifestyle to pause before they like rush out to the container store and buy all the bins and like all of the steps that you know you should be doing and really honestly look at how you're living your life thinking about what goals you have because everyone's organizing goals are going to be different um, no two home are going to be organized in the same way think about what habits you feel you are willing and ready to take on what lifestyle shifts you as an adult, as a parent, are able to start making in your family. Because raising an organized child is an incredible gift that you can give your child. But can you do it before you're you're there? It's definitely a process that you need to begin, but it is one that you I would encourage anyone to do with their children, right? It's not something that you need to master first before your child. Um, doing it together with the partnership of your entire family will be just give so much more success for the long term, right? Like it's not about one and done. Let's get our pantry organized today, right? That's the goal is not to like make it look pretty. The goal is to make it 
be sustainable long term so that you're constantly living a simplified life, not just a, a weekend project. And then a week later, you fall back into bad habits, because if you don't address those habits and you set those goals. I think that people, if they are disorganized or they're seeing their kids be disorganized, they just assume like, oh, you're lazy or you're sloppy. They, they think so negatively. And in really like what you're saying they may just need some extra help getting the habit started and getting and staying organized. So with decluttering in general, it's going to be a process. It's going to be continual, especially with kids. I say this all the time. So I like that you, you touched on that, but I'm wondering what it looks like for you. So I have little kids, you have a younger child. And then I guess young is all relative and an eight year old to me. I'm like, Whoa, eight. like I can't wait till I have an eight year old, but I want to know what it looks like for little kids and then kids as they're getting older. So some, some people you work with, they probably have older kids and they're trying to implement this lifestyle. So that's going to look a lot different than me with a three-year-old. So how does organizational thinking just change as kids age? That's a great question. It's absolutely a lesson in independence. So yes, I have an eight-year-old who is, in all honesty, very much like me. She does have, I think... Um, a really good sense of order. And if I remind her to go tidy up her room, she'll go to her room and she'll put things away because for her, that system of order does come a little bit easier to her. My four-year-old is not that way, even though she's been living in a home with a professional organizer her whole life. Um, that sense of order is a lot more challenging for her. So if I were to say, go to your room and clean up your toys, even though she at four knows, you know, that she has a responsibility to put her toys away, it is a lot harder for her. And I have to break it down in much more detailed steps for her. But one thing that has helped my daughter and has helped my clients, um, all of whom have children that age, that kind of range in age from babies, um, all the way up to kind of middle school, high school age, mm -hmm. is creating very dedicated spaces for their belongings. And I think that it's an important kind of lesson in independence when we're talking about that younger set of toddlers and preschoolers mm -hmm. to take, you know, to, to number one, take responsibility for their things. But it's also a lesson in gratitude for them to understand that they have belongings that mean something to them. And to show the appreciation for what they receive, to be able to treat those belongings with respect and um, to honor those belongings. And it's a lesson that is one that I think us adults are struggle with too, right? We, we live in this culture of consumerism where we're constantly getting new things that are coming into our home all day long, every day. Mm -hmm. And for us to show gratitude to our belongings, per, kind of a little bit more purpose towards what we have and helps create that. Just, I think it just naturally creates that culture of, of minimalism. When we start to appreciate what we have, we tend to take it a little bit, um, you know, that level of taking things for granted shifts a little bit. So when we talk about the children on their um, level of engagement and putting their things away, if they can start to show kind of my, us modeling for them that level of gratitude. I think that goes a long way with them being able to learn to respect what they have and not taking the 15 sets of Legos for granted. Kids have 15 Legos, let's just be honest, right? Like we have a lot of toys too. Um, we are minimalist, so we don't have an abundance, but we have we have things because we are are blessed with the opportunity to to provide for our children in the way that you know we feel is the right level for our family. But 
Um, kind of some quick, easy tips that I do find helpful for the younger set in terms of having them put away their own things. I am a huge fan of icon labels as opposed to labeling bins with words, labeling bins with pictures. Um, you know, I'm not a preschool teacher. I'm not, um, I, I'm not like, you know, one that is going to model everything in my life around what a preschool classroom is going to look like. But I do think that preschools and kindergarten classrooms have got it right when they label all of the bins and everything, right, has a label in a preschool and kindergarten classroom, not everything, but most things. And that visual icon is an incredibly helpful reminder. So when I tell my daughter, go put away her socks, she's not standing there with her socks. Where do my socks go? She has a bin in her closet with this really cute little icon of a pair of socks. And she knows, oh, well, my underwear doesn't go there. My shirts don't go there. My socks go there. Um, and that is a, you know, a, a habit shift for her that she has learned. And I think it's one that a lot of my clients have taken on too. I love that. That is such a great idea. I have clear bends so my son can see what's in there when I'm asking him to. But I think one of the things that I feel like I've been missing with parenting in general uh, outside of the whole minimalism decluttering thing is that you really are here to teach. Like even the word discipline means to teach. And so I have him in his room and I'm like, Hey, I need you to clean your room. And he's just kind of standing there wondering where, what do I start with? It's my job to go into his room and to help him learn how to clean his room. And so, yes, I can have those bins to where he can see his train and his blocks and his magnetiles, but also I need to be in the process with him as he's creating this habit. It's not going to just necessarily come natural and it may not come natural to an adult either. Absolutely. One of the main reasons that I think it's an obviously important for our kids to join us within all of this is because it creates like you said, habits that they can have for the rest of their life that they can take on to high school, college, when they have their own apartments. And it not only does it bleed into the organization of their homes, but it really does organize their thoughts or like managing their time and planning and just really knowing how to get things done. So I, I think that's very important, but what does it look like staying organized in your household? The first thing the very first thing that I tell clients that I tell my own children is make it easy. Mm. This is not, if, if you make it complicated, if you make it hard, it's not going to happen. So what I mean by making it easy for kids organization, for their rooms, for their playrooms um, is number one, making it easy for them to access. So the, the items that you are comfortable with as a parent, and every parent is going to decide for themselves, what level of comfort are you having with the things that like glue and, you know, things that might break, right? So that level of, of, of accessibility for every parent might look a little bit different. But for the things that children are intended to access on their own, low shelves, making it easy for them to find it, take it out and put it away is really important. So soft bins, um, felt. There's some really great bins that are made of some really lightweight materials. I am a huge fan of things that are made from bamboo and things that are made from wire and things that are a lot more sustainable than plastic. But the flip side of that is some of those bins are rather heavy, are rather bulky, um, but there is a great balance of some more sustainable products that aren't just the plastic that are easy for kids to take out and put away on their own. 
The other thing that I would mention in that regard is lids. A lot of bins that are really functional have really tight lids. And I am not a fan of them because kids aren't able to open them. And then they're less likely to completely put it away. So I want to make it easy. I want to make it easy for them to pick it up and then put it back away. Um, I mentioned my kind of the labels that are icons supposed to words. I think that is a really helpful tool. It's also a really great um, system for pre-readers to start learning their belongings, the names of their belongings, um, and it can turn that kind of two-minute cleanup into a, uh, a reading lesson. The next tip that I would share is make the language kid-friendly. So the phrase put it away for a young toddler can be very confusing because they might think that you mean put it away like forever? Am I going to ever see that again? And it can be really intimidating for a child to say, I don't want to put it away. Like I, I want it. This is mine. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there are some language shifts that we can make as parents as we think about how we are encouraging our children in the playroom. And one, one phrase that I really like using is putting it in its home mm. because we all know that we go home at the end of the day. We have a home and our toys have homes too. When we're done playing with them, they go back. But when we're ready to play with them again, we can take them out of their home. Another phrase that I like using is toys need rest time. Now, again, that's probably for the younger age of kids than the older kids, but it's a concept that I think is very universal for the majority of our, our playroom type age kids. They need to rest. They need to go rest in their home and we will be able to go get them when their rest time is over, when our rest time is over. No, I love that. I love the language shift. And that, again, just going back to parenting in general, I think so often, especially with little kids, it's really speaking their language. It's really speaking their language. And that is, it makes such a difference for sure. In 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. 2020 was interesting. So let's just do a mental health check-in. How are you really, and what do you need right now? Humans are not meant to keep everything inside. It makes us sick, and therapy helps. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Not dealing well with stress, whatever it is that you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Minimalist Mom listeners get 10% off the first month at BetterHelp.com slash Minimalist. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Minimalist. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand, and that's why I was excited to partner with HomeThreads. HomeThreads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. 
As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on home threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. I know where I kind of stand on this, but I'm curious if you believe that there's ever a time when we should toss things or take care of these things without consulting them. I'm, I'm torn. So I'm curious to know your opinion. I'm torn too, because I, I really do feel like I could accomplish in my own home and with my clients so much more and so much more in less time. If I just plow through a client's playroom or my own playroom mm-hmm. um, with a garbage bag. And when I say garbage bag, I, I really am very intentional about where things go when they leave my home. Yeah. Um, so I'm a huge fan of buy nothing. I'm a huge, I don't know if you are familiar with buy nothing and if your listeners are familiar, but most neighborhoods on Facebook have a group called buy nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have one in your neighborhood, um, all your listeners, you should start one of your own for your own neighborhood. It's a way to share things amongst your neighborhood. Um, but regardless, I think that right, like you can accomplish so much more without your kids and feel like, oh, this room's done. I don't need to tackle it again for a while. But the lesson in getting the kids involved is so important. So if you are a parent and you are feeling like I can't sit in my playroom with my toddler sorting through things, it's just going to be a disaster. I feel you, I hear you, I've been there. But I would do that cursory, then if that's the case, I would do the kind of that cursory review of the space, put it all in a bag or in a box and dedicate a time with your child, the length of time. It's absolutely dependent on their age and on their level of participation, just based on who they are. You know your child, but to get them involved in making some choices. So let's say you do that cursory review. You've got a giant cardboard box of all the stuff. You might sort it and put them into piles, show your child, look, we have four trains here. We don't have space in our home for four trains. Can you pick three trains that might go to another friend and, you know, kind of go from there Mm -hmm. to involve them at the level that they can. Um, But balance yourself too, moms. Make sure that you are giving yourself what you need through the process. Because if you as a parent burn yourself out organizing and decluttering because you feel like you're taking on so much, that is not going to be sustainable throughout the rest of your home. 
right? Like if you have these goals of organizing all of the rooms in your home and right now you're focused on your playroom and gosh, it's so hard, that motivation is just going to drop. So do what you feel like you need to do. Um, but I, I would encourage you to involve your children as much as possible. And that goes for everything. I know it's so hard for parents to hear um, when, you know, we say, oh, we're just going to go sneak all the kids artwork into the recycling bin without them knowing about it. And I would say, no, get them, get their input on what art projects they want to keep or toss um, in the same with the toys. I saw this meme, or I guess it was just a funny quote on Instagram the other day. And it was, how do you expect your kids or your husband to get rid of their fill in the blank when you haven't even discarded your makeup from six years ago, or you're still holding on to that lip gloss from six years ago. And that was definitely convicting to me um, with just a few of the things that I still feel like I have a grip on that it's probably time to let go of. But then the other thing I was going to say, and this might be off the cuff and putting you in the hot seat a little bit, but I want to go back to what you said about the train. So say we have decluttered our own spaces. We're good. We're going to go in with our kids and you have your four trains and you're like, okay, buddy, I want to get rid of three trains. We're going to only keep one. So wonder if your son's like, no, I want to keep these trains. I love all these trains. Well, how would you handle that? Because that's really overwhelming. I always listen to podcasts and it sounds great in theory, but then what's the next step when my kid acts crazy? <laughs> so. I totally hear it. What I, I, what I would say is I would say if it were my child, I would say this is the space that we have for our toys. And if we can't have, and we're not getting, we're not building more bookcases. We're not building more. We're not getting another toy chest. And this is it. If you feel like you want to keep all these four trains, then we're going to have to say goodbye to something else. Mm -hmm. Because if your child is a child who loves trains and wants 15 of them, okay, then that's your child who would love 15 trains. But then there might be other decisions that we have to make as a family. Um, so you want to create the boundaries for your family, those boundaries are going to look very different from one family to the next, which is why that goal setting process is important so that you can create those like mindset shift and mindset goals before you have the conversation with your family member. So if you know your kid is going to have a hard time getting rid of the four trains altogether, mm -hmm. think about, all right, what is my end goal as a parent? What do I want to accomplish? What do I know is going to be a challenge for my kids? Because if you are a parent of a child who loves trains and you're giving them four trains to consider which ones to get rid of, you know, that's going to be hard for them. Um, so I think it goes back to that language shift that we talked about earlier, um, setting goals and, and being realistic with what your family is like. So that might mean, all right, we're going to, we're going to keep all the trains, but these blocks over here, well, then I guess they're not going to be able to stay in our home. Absolutely. And then going along with that, I also think that if it's not working in that moment, maybe t step away, take some time and do it a different day or a different time of day when they're not maybe in that mood. So yeah, absolutely. And you don't want to spring it on them too, right? Yeah. If it's something that you as a family have never approached, but you found this podcast and you've been following, you know, you've been following, we've been following you, Diane, and they really are like, oh, I want, this is one of my home needs. Okay. We're going to do this tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And no one in the family has any like heads up that this is happening. It's going to come as a big shock. Yeah. So 
absolutely. I would absolutely pause. If you started the conversation with your child or your spouse, mm-hmm. if you're, if it's an issue, you know, if it's something that's impacting broader in the entire family and they're just not ready for it, that's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. No one's telling you that all of these toys need to be brought to goodwill or anywhere else tomorrow. It is a process and um, don't feel pressured into accomplishing a certain amount within a certain amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. Elise, these were such great tips. I love this episode. I feel like this is going to be so beneficial to listeners. I'm really excited that we got to chat, but where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online? Absolutely. I am at Organized Sanctuaries on Instagram and on Pinterest. You can visit my website at OrganizedSanctuaries.com. I share all of the tips, all of the inspiration. I've got a blog, a link to my favorite organizing products, a shop where you can buy custom labels. And it's also where you can find my five minute a day, one day at a time challenge. It's a free challenge that you can sign up for um, every day in your inbox, a reminder to take on an incredibly small, but big lifestyle um, change in your life. Perfect. Well, I'll include all of that in the show notes. So listeners have a quick little place to find it. So as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every guest. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week? My laundry routine has been a really important focus for me recently because it is an area of my life that has always overwhelmed me because we live a very eco-friendly, sustainable lifestyle. We use a lot of reusable products. So that means kitchen towels. We don't try to avoid paper towels. So we have unpaper towels in the kitchen, Um, bathroom products like the, the little wipes that I use for my face are all reusable. So my laundry piles up. And I am really proud of my laundry system where I do a small load every day. So I'm not stuck at the end of the week with a giant pile. I love that. Have you heard of cloud paper? It's toilet paper. I have heard of cloud paper. Yes. It's made out of bamboo. I actually, I'm partnering with them right now. I think I heard about them on one of your recent podcasts. I really love the product. I'm yeah, I intend on continuing to purchase it just because I really like it. But you made me think of it when you were talking about sustainability and how it can be daunting, but you can find these products. And you just made me think of it. I th- I'm so glad you shared because every day I am trying to think of new things in my life. And I'm, and I just mentioned my laundry routine mm-hmm. in my daughter's um, Zoom class the other day. They were talking some, somehow that her teacher brought up sustainable lifestyle swaps. And maybe the teacher was just like talking about her day. Mm-hmm. And my daughter's secondary teacher said, you know, I just switched to these, this laundry detergent. That's like a sheet and it's like a, a strip and the packaging is really sustainable and, and low waste. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like every day you're always hearing about these products. So my daughter came out of her zoom class and she's like, you know, mom, we need to change our laundry detergent mm-hmm. to a more sustainable packaging product. And I said, you're right. We do. When this box of Tide is done, maybe we'll swap something new. So I'm glad you shared that about the toilet paper because every day we can be making small little shifts that might not seem like a lot. Um, but over time, they really they really build and make a, a big impact. Yeah. And I think when you look at like that initial cost of, oh, I'm buying this big box of toilet paper. I'm happy to pay a little bit more if it's benefiting in other ways too, because you're paying 
that, that cost there. So anyway, sorry, I'm going on a tangent about sustainable living. Not at all. It's not a tangent for me because it's something that is really core to my business. Um, mm-hmm. and my personal lifestyle, we are just like, that's what I'm about as a person and as a business owner. So, um, I absolutely infuse sustainability in all aspects of my life and my business as much as I can. My last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? On a personal level, my dog, we just adopted a puppy. Um, and I am obsessed with her. We rescued her from an organization that brings dogs from Houston to the Pacific Northwest. Um, we rescued her before the complete disasters, Texas um, crisis right now. But I do know that, um, so we brought her home before that even happened, but I do know that they have been really struggling in Texas specifically relating to um, dogs that need to be adopted. So we rescued her from three little pities. So just a shout out to anyone that's coming from the Pacific Northwest. Um, they only bring dogs from the Texas area to um, Washington and Oregon, but I'm obsessed with my puppy, Millie. Um, I can't stop talking about her. Oh yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. And again, I really enjoyed our time together. I feel like this was so full of information and little tips that are just little tips can actually make a huge difference in your day to day and just in any of these decluttering processes. So I just appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again to Elise for joining me in this conversation. One of my favorite things that she said was how important it can be to change our language when it comes to tidying and organizing with our kids. Instead of putting something away, change the language to putting something in its home. Little shifts like this make all the difference with little ones. And I want to know if you try it this week, so let me know. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.